Chapter 28, Brooks shook my arm. We have to get out of here. Help me with Hondo, I shouted over the falling debris. But even with, but even with both of our efforts, he was dead weight. No way were we going to get him out before the place crashed all around us. This was not how it was going to end, not in a dollhouse of Jordan's making. Brooks's eyes shifted, the golden amber flecks glowing, excuse me, like they might ignite any second. And for an instant, she looked like her hawk self, mythical and even dangerous. Go, I told her, save yourself. Not without you. Why was she so stubborn? At the same moment, a very large figure emerged through a cloud of black and gray dust. Jazz, I guessed you all might have some problems, he yelled. I put some mini cams in your clothes and what a show it's been. Jazz scooped a Hondo up like a sack of chili pods and hoisted him over his shoulder. We've got a boat to catch. I'd never been so happy to see anyone in my whole life. Brooks and I hurried behind him, but he didn't head for the exit. I figured it was already demolished. Instead, he went to the roof's edge. And let me tell you, it was hard to keep up with the giant whose stride was like 10 yards, especially since my stupid limp was back. The time limit on our enchantment had run out. Gusts of cold wind raged across the broken world. Umbrellas tumbled, trees split in two, glasses shattered. I looked over the edge, wondering where the safety net was, or maybe we were waiting for a helicopter? My answer came within seconds. An enormous flying machine with a giant red sail rose from the darkness, and you wouldn't believe who was driving. The skeleton, Flacco. Really? This was a ride out of here? Deacons, please, he said, circling in what looked like a four-seater go-kart with a small engine near the back. Jazz grunted, get closer. The roof quaked, splitting the cement. Next time he circles, jump and hold on tight, Jazz boomed. Was he kidding? Jump? Couldn't Flacco land? Then I realized the roof was going to give way any second. Brooks grabbed my hand. Don't fall. I'll do my best. On the count of three, Jazz said, gripping Hondo with one arm. Forget the count. I hollered, let's get out of here. The wind groaned angrily. Trees bent and writhed. Then a massive black hole opened in the sky, sucking everything into it, even the oxygen. Flacco circled back closer and closer to the edge. He was only three feet away. Let's fly, Brooks shouted. Easy for her to say she was part hawk. Two, Jazz shouted. Wait, what happened to one? I imagined myself as the jaguar with the power of those muscular back legs. Flacco was close enough that it wouldn't take much of a leap. I could do this. Three, we launched ourselves into the air. I used my one good leg, thrusting myself with all I had. At the last second, a gust of wind jerked the glider to the right. I came up short, barely latching onto the side rail. Everyone was tucked safely in the flying go-kart, whatever. And me? I was dangling off the side. Brooks leaned over the edge. Zane, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just enjoying the view. Don't let go, I told myself. Don't let go. Take my hand. I was scared to, I admit it. But I couldn't hang on to the side of this thing for long. With a deep breath, I reached up and grabbed hold of her hand. She hauled me into the glider where I clung to the seat for dear life. No time to be a thrill seeker, she said, shaking her head. Yeah, I groaned. Thrill. You okay? Jazz called from the front seat. Honda was still sagging over his shoulder. I nodded, trying to get control of my breathing. Good driving, eh? Flacco said. Who knew, who knew skeletons could beam with pride? The engine whirred as we burst through a sheet of cold silver light, leaving the broken imitation world behind. It was like passing through a waterfall without the water. We sailed high above Santa Monica over parked over traffic-packed streets lit up with ta red tail lights. A dark-haired woman was pushing a stroller below, and she walked with a small skip in her step, like my mom. I wondered if she was back home yet. What had she said to Huracan to get him to help me? 
Had she always known where to find him? I needed to sleep so I could talk to Miss Cab and ask her to check on my mom. Then I realized the eyeball was in my backpack, which was still at Jazz's. Where are we going? I shouted. To your place? Not safe there, Jazz hollered back. I need my eyeball, I screamed, immediately realizing how stupid that sounded. Woohoo! Brooks leaned halfway out of the glider. Faster! Flacco obliged, and I felt sick as I gripped the edge of my seat. The salt air was my first clue we were headed back to the beach. When we got closer to the sand, I thought we'd land, but Flacco kept on going, right over the water, farther and farther toward the dark horizon. Brooks wasn't leaning out anymore. Brooks tapped Jazz on the shoulder. What, what are we doing here? Coming in for a landing, Jazz said. Might get a little wet. Jump when I say so, Flacco said. I can't swim, Brooks shouted. I could feel her panic as she tensed up for the first time since we'd taken flight. Below was a double level boat, too small for us to land on. So dark, so dark sea it was. I got you, I said, thinking of the disaster the last time we plunged into unknown waters. Brooks paled and shook her head. Don't let go, she said. I promise. Flacco hovered about five feet over the water. Jump! He flew away as we dropped into the water's freezing currents. I kept hold of Brooks, which wasn't too hard, because she clawed her way onto my shoulders, pushing me down in her frenzy. Keeping my calm, I opened my mind and let her in. I need you to chill out or we're going to drown. She relaxed her death grip a little and clung to my back as I swam toward the boat. Jazz lifted us on board, where warm, dry towels were waiting, along with some snacks. A cooler filled with cherry Cokes and a sack containing gummy worms and pizza pockets. All of our belongings were already on the vinyl bench seat. I hurried over and was relieved to find Miss Cab's eyeball still tucked safely in my backpack. But when I saw my boring old cane, my heart sank. I'd wished he'd left that behind. Jazz took Hondo below decks to the cabin where he could sleep off the poison while Brooks and I sat huddled under a blanket at the stern. The boat looked like a fixer-upper fishing vessel with a rusted railing, pitted deck, and a covered second deck with a steering wheel, seat, and some gears. I took a soda from the cooler, but didn't drink any. My stomach was twisted in knots. I'd failed. Wasted way too much time on a stupid idea, and now I had nothing. No plan, no powers, no future. The gods were ready to start a war over something I'd done, and Honda was suffering a pain worse than death while we sat around under the stars. Hurricane had been right when we when he'd said, what lies ahead is inconceivable. A cool breeze drifted over us as the boat rocked gently in the water. The night replayed in my mind so fast I wasn't sure any of it had really happened. Why'd Jazz bring us here, I asked. Must not be safe in Venice Beach, Brooks said, shivering as she sipped her Coke. I stared in the, into the darkness. Where do you think Puke took Jordan and Bird? Wherever it is, Brooks said, the jerks deserved it. I knew they were rotten, but I can't believe they lied about defeating a pooch. I take it back. I can totally believe it. Man, they do anything for fame and power. Okay, Bird and Jordan were jerks. But man, getting smothered by those oily, smelly black wings and carted off like a couple of corpses seemed tragic. I really want to know, I said. Brooks rolled her eyes. I have no idea. Where would you take your sworn enemies if you were the god of death, darkness, and destruction, and someone had moved into your castle? Probably a putrid pit filled with vicious rats and killer ants that would eat out your eyeballs. Brooks let out a light laugh. That's sick. You know that? You asked. Baluna was a wedge clinging to the sky. I only had one moon left until a pooch came to collect on our deal. Brooks? She turned away from me. I twisted my hands together. Something bad's coming, isn't it? When I met Huracan, he saw the mark on my wrist. 
why was this so hard to talk about? So, so he said, I have to be the one to stop puke because my life's now tied to his because I was the one to let him out. And if I don't, Brooke swiveled to face me. Her eyes burned fiercely. He'll end up a soldier of death, even if the gods kill him. Heat prickled up my spine and I wanted to crawl out of my own skin. That about sums it up. I stood and took a deep breath. I have to tell them. Tell who? What? I can't let the gods go to war over something I did. Brooks jumped up my and grabbed my arm. No, Zane, that would be like like double suicide. Are you trying to die? Um, no, not exactly. She paced with her usual look of determination, but that wasn't going to get me out of my dilemma. The gods want this war, she said. They've been looking for a reason to start one. You telling them now, it wouldn't be worth it. How do you know? I heard jazz. Or you heard jazz. We've had peace for too long. Brooks huffed. Nakon's been waiting for this. I remembered the name. The god of war. He's always hungry for blood and he's been itching for a fight, but never had an, a good excuse until now. So with or without you, Zane, the gods are going to battle it out. Don't you see? Telling them would be a huge mistake. It won't change anything. I nodded and we sat in silence after that, each of us mentally trying to unlock a door we didn't have the key for. All those people, I finally said, from the party, are they dead? Jazz appeared from the cabin below. From what I saw on the minicams, I think they got out. They won't even remember where they were. They'll think it was another earthquake or that they have a killer hangover. Brooks froze. I can't believe you spied on this with those minicams. And here, I thought you'd be thanking me, Jazz said. I caught on. Brooks was worried Jazz had heard something he shouldn't have, like that I was a godborn. I thought back. Had we ever mentioned it or anything else that might get him in trouble? Thanks, Jazz, I said. You were right. Those guys are jerks. Did you hear what they said to Hondo? Jazz narrowed his eyes. Don't make me feel bad, kid. The cams don't have audio, okay? I'm still working on that technology. My muscles relaxed and Brooks let out a long breath. How is my uncle? I asked Jazz, worried that Hondo would be in torment for hours. He'll survive, the giant said, shaking his head. Won't be too happy when he wakes up, but it'll wear off eventually. After what the twins had done to Hondo, I couldn't even think about them without hate bubbling up inside me. So I didn't know where to begin. Where are we going? The boat lurched and I began moving through the waters. I looked up to the second level, but no one was piloting. Jazz's face split into a broad smile. Captain's herself, he said proudly. Let me guess, I said. Magic? A deep frown formed. No, advanced giant engineering, AGE. It's the company I'm going to start once I have enough capital. He pulled a bottle of what looked like chocolate milk out of the cooler. Chocolate from Ishkaka. Want some? It's a new recipe. I took some and guzzled it, hoping it would make me feel as good as before. It was liquid velvet and even sweeter than the last batch, if that were possible. Jazz popped the lid off and swigged the whole bottle. After a loud burp, he said, I've got some real bad news, little hawk. What could be worse then? I stopped myself, not wanting to reveal too much to him. Tell us, Brooks said to Jazz. After you went to the fiesta, I got a letter, hand-delivered, but I don't know who it was from. What did it say? I asked. He pointed at me. To take you to the old world. My whole body tensed. The letter was probably from Hurricane. He had said that I should look for the white spark striker there. The gods are on the verge of declaring war, Jazz went on. No one's fessing up to breaking the sacred oath, and a pooch is running loose, creating all sorts of trouble. The gods can't even agree on how to deal with him. Let out a He let out a frustrated breath. Things are bad, little hawk, and they're about to get a whole lot worse. Brooke balled her fists. My heart began to slam against my ribs. I couldn't let the gods get to a pooch first. Do you, 
Do you know how to get to the old world? I asked the giant. The only way is through a gateway. Brooks started searching frantically through her stuff. Have you seen a rolled up piece of paper? She asked Jazz. Something with a lot of drawings and lines on it. Jazz reached into the compartment and pulled out a scroll. You mean this? The gateway map. With a shrug, Jazz said sheepishly, I snooped. Sorry, but it was an emergency. Brooks snatched the map from him and unfurled it. Her eyes scanned it wildly. It's, it's gone dark, she frowned. Did you break it? The dark? What, what do you mean? I asked, now shivering. Jazz raised his eyebrows, looking insulted. No, I didn't break it. All gateway maps are off the grid right now. Portals are closed, he said. The gods are limiting travel so they can try to find you-know-who. Brooks continued to scan the map like it might come to life any second. Her dark hair swirled around her face as the wind whipped past. How are we going to find the gateway then? My old friend holds up the sky, remember? Jazz said, and? Jazz rolled his eye like his point was obvious. I know things, he said. Things like before there were maps, there were ancient gateways, secret and magical routes the gods used. Those portals aren't closed. I mean, they're a little rusty and not as pleasant as the modern ones, but they'll do the job. That was right. Hurricane had said the Bacabs used to work for him. It was all starting to come together. Why aren't they closed, I asked. Part of the original design, Jazz said, the creator gods made four, one in each hemisphere, and they're as permanent as the sun and the moon, or at least until a pooch brings them all up. Creator gods, it would be, that would be Hurricane and Cuckoo Mops. Okay, I said, so there is one around here. Not too far, according to my coordinates. We can be there by tomorrow night, Jazz said proudly. This boat is a high-powered devil. Might even get us there a couple hours sooner than that. But we don't have that much time, I argued. The deadline is tomorrow and the moon rises. I looked at Brooks and didn't have to reach her mind to know, didn't have to read her mind to know she was thinking the same thing. Apooch is going to destroy it all. Before then, Jazz, Jazz rubbed his chin thinking. Then he stood and puffed up his chest so a big so big a button popped off his purple vest well then it's a good thing you're in this dilemma with an engineering genius giant isn't it let me go get to work on the engine he turned to leave then hesitated and said cabins all made up for you don't drool on the pillows got it then he was gone oh wait 